0: father's lightsaber.
1: What's lightsabers, precious?
0: Hello, and welcome to What's Lightsabers, Precious?
1: The Lord of the Rings and Star Wars Encyclopedia podcast where you waste time in fictional wikis I'm Ryan. And I'm Joanna. And our cat is making crinkly ass noises.
0: Come here, Toby. Oh my god, you are the cutest little dumbass in the world.
1: Stop stepping on things while we're trying to record a show.
0: Toby, I will come into your head and eat your dreams. He's leaving. Yeah.
1: I think he understood.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I don't really have any Lord of the Rings news, apart from the fact that at least some of the Amazon series has been confirmed to film in New Zealand.
1: That's still not news.
0: Not really news. Still not news. No, we're in a holding pattern on that. What about you? Oh, wait. No, I have news.
1: Okay, then share it.
0: We went to go see the Lord of the Rings in the theater.
1: Oh, yeah, we did. They have the uh, Fathom Events does a thing where they show old movies. And they recently did a run of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the extended edition. Extended
0: edition. It was tops. I've never seen the extended edition in the theater before. Yeah. It was the
1: best. We watched Fellowship of the Ring. Um, it was very long, but... I was talking to Joanna about the perfect movie. It's like the best fantasy movie ever made, I think. Because it's just like you get into it and you're just like, you're along for the ride. Like, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I have sat through it before at, at home. But in the theater there, I was really enjoying it.
0: It's like so, such a high emotional register. Like, mm-hmm. all, I, I mentioned this to Ryan. All the characters go through so much trauma and they react in a way that shows that they're actually, like, affected by it. Yeah. Like, they don't play it cool at all. They're all really sad. And I guess I enjoy movies where people are all really sad and, and care about each so other. See, yeah, I wasn't
1: thinking about that part. I was thinking about how cool it was and how beautiful it was and how the beautiful stuff that happened. But no, Joanna likes people crying. So that's the kind of movie she likes. Photo and
0: Sam got me, like, choked up. Okay. They got me for verklem- Clint, like, multiple times. Hey, you know what made the movie even cooler? It was uh-huh. the people we watched it with.
1: We had some real... Awesome people in, so, in our theater with us.
0: First thing that happened was there was, like, a Reese's commercial on before the movie, and it was just a close-up of a re- Reese's with a voice saying, Is this making you want a Reese's? And a guy in the theater went, No.
1: Out loud. Just just, just that same volume. Like,
0: these, like, not every advertisement in the theater requires a response, sir, but okay. Uh, a few minutes later, the message comes up, Thank you for silencing your cell phone. Same
1: guy goes, You're welcome. He thinks it's all about. It. He thinks the movie screen is talking to him. I think it's not a real
0: person who's talking to you. You're not having a conversation. It's just messages on the screen, my dude.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh After the movie, though, we we had our most enchanting encounter of all. There was a 17 year old kid in a Pistons jersey and a Pistons hat. So this kid loved the Pistons.
1: And the hat was backwards. He was like. Dicking around on his phone through most of the movie.
0: Yep. And then at the end, um, he's, like, spinning around, trying to throw popcorn behind him, then spin around and catch it in his mouth, which is not working. does not work even once. No, he
1: didn't get a single hit.
0: And he's saying to his friends, who all look thoroughly uninterested, I was thinking the whole time, like, what if you watch this movie on acid? Like, you'd be tripping so
1: hard. And that... That's a teen, and
0: nobody cared.
1: Nobody, nobody even like gave him a gave him the time of day about that. Like nobody I feel cared. Like. I'm not sure those
0: people were even his friends.
1: But they were a bunch of high school kids, and he was a doofus. Yeah, and a classic doofus. He was, like hanging off the, the like the railing. He thought oh, he was being very, very cool, but he was actually looking like a real dumb butt.
0: So if you are that 17 year old kid in the Pistons uh, uh, arraignment, like seek help. You're gonna be no you. Don't Help. You're just going to be really embarrassed but in like five years. Ryan, do you have any Star Wars news?
1: Uh, yeah. The big thing down the pipe this week is that the long-rumored Obi-Wan Kenobi show starring Ewan McGregor is now actually going to be in production.
0: I mean, I already posted about that on our Facebook page like several weeks ago. All
1: right. Screw you then. I don't have any No, I just <laughs> – I'm done. All right, let's move on. No,
0: wait, so it's in production. What stage of production is it at now?
1: Uh, It's going to start filming in 2020. It's going to be out by 2021. It's going to be in Disney+. That's a really long
0: time. Why is everything, like, so
1: long from now? I don't know. You read the news already. Why didn't you tell me?
0: No, the only news I read was Ewan McGregor... Uh-huh, announces she's okay. on board. Yeah, right. And okay. It wasn't even confirmed, uh-huh, and I think I like uh-huh. even posted on Facebook like this is probably bullshit. No, it was real. So <laughs> turns fine. out it wasn't bullshit. Durant, I
1: knew the news already. So fine. I guess. I guess. I guess I'm done. I guess there's no news. As already, the rat doesn't already know about. So. Enjoy that when it comes out. You already knew it was coming, so I'm just like, da- you know, Mr. Johnny-come-lately here, just getting behind on everything, just trying to catch up with this train, chugging along, and Joanna just keeps on speeding up, putting more coal in that damn engine, and here I am just being left behind on the tracks, and it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Let's keep moving.
0: I am big into coal. As long as it's clean coal.
1: Which definitely exists. it's
0: definitely is a thing. All right, you want to hear about The Hobbit?
1: We've heard about The Hobbit quite a bit. I feel like I know, like I know of it. I've read the story. I know about Bilbo Baggins.
0: But have we ever really? Because we focused a lot on the Silmarillion. Really, we focused a lot on, on Lord of the Rings. Have we ever focused that much on The Hobbit?
1: Well, I think it was kind of uh, assumed that we already knew everything about it. And but some
0: people don't. Right? Are
1: you going to tell us the plot of The don't. Hobbit today?
0: I'm not going to tell you the plot of The Hobbit. Okay, I was going to uh, say gonna what, assume... that, that,
1: that's that's a kind of in the in the cultural uh, consciousness. Like at this point, at this right? point, everyone knows about. The Brave Little Hobbit and, and the Leonard Nimoy song about him.
0: Oh my god, can we play that now? In the middle of the earth In the land of Shire Lives a brave little hobbit whom
2: we all admire With his long wooden pipe Fuzzy woolly toes He lives in a hobbit hole And everybody knows him Bilbo, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins it's only three feet tall Bilbo, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins The bravest little hobbit of them all
1: So everyone knows the story now, it's good.
0: Okay, so, yeah, so that should catch you up. Like, you shouldn't need any more plot summary than that. What I really want to talk about is I want to give you some background and some literary critique on The Hobbit. I want to do, like, a deep dive. A critique? Like a behind-the-scenes.
1: Oh, the making of. Yeah. All the green screens that that J.R.R. employed to make his story come to life.
0: Well, sort of. And how If en- by green screens you mean just like a lot of editing. And, and how he made
1: Gandalf cry because he was alone in front of a green screen without anybody You're to thinking act of Peter Jackson.
0: Yeah, that was no, really sad. I'm thinking sad. of J.R.R.
1: Tolkien. I'm pretty sure that, that's... That definitely
0: was broke my heart seeing that video.
1: I was like, just leave Ian McKellen alone. They no, made Gandalf cry in, the, in the real life too. He was just reenacting that part oh, at, okay. of the J.R.R. Tolkien the writing he was process. Like, was like
0: thrusting sticks with tennis balls on them towards but him in this case, and it just got overwhelming. In this
1: case, he was probably crying because knowing our boy JRR, he probably restarted it a bajillion times. And at some point, Gandalf was like, "Just, just do this one, please. Come on."
0: Actually, <laughs> he finished writing The Hobbit in like a year or two max.
1: Damn. Okay, that's yeah, a- yeah. Okay, so we know, he, we know he can do it. We, we know just, he can,
0: theoretically He just chooses do not to. Well, he just, yeah. He all can, right. So well, he just gets sidetracked. All right, so sorry. Um, so, let's... all right, The Hobbit, or There and Back Again, was published on the 21st of September in 1937 to wide critical acclaim, being nominated for the Carnegie Medal and awarded a prize from the New York Herald Tribune for Best Juvenile Fiction. The work has never been out of print. Its ongoing legacy encompasses adaptations for stage, screen, radio, board games, and video games, several of which have received critical recognition. Recognition on their own merits. Of course nowadays, despite this acclaim, the Hobbit is largely overshadowed by the Lord of the Rings and seen as a mere prelude. Mm. However, I hope to change the hearts and minds on that. Uh, we've never done an episode on the Hobbit specifically despite what you seem to think,
1: but it feels like we have Just no. by like it touches on topics we've talked about before. Yeah no, we haven't we haven't. This is where Lord of the Rings came from. This is the source of it. Without this little- But I don't want
0: you to think of it as just that, all right? No, I'm just
1: saying, I'm just saying, like, these these ideas in in old J.R.R.'s head, you know, had to come from somewhere, you know?
0: Well, they came from his head.
1: I'm just saying, where did they come from? What was giving him the ideas? What was his- God?
0: You couldn't tell me, I hope. (laughs) According to him, it was probably God. Um, Not only is The Hobbit a pretty essential prelude to The Lord of the Rings, as we have mentioned and others have mentioned, it's always just- uh, a really good ass book on its own.
1: It's fun, yeah. You should reread it if you haven't.
0: Um, any of y'all who are lukewarm on the Hobbit movies, give the book a try, because there are a lot of things to appreciate about it, and it has definitely earned its distinction as one of the best children's books ever written.
1: You can read it in like a freaking afternoon. It's really short.
0: I don't know about an afternoon. Like, Tolkien's prose is far breezier than The Hobbit, but it's not breezy in comparison to like the average <laughs> children's book. Like, it's not like Encyclopedia Brown. See, I think
1: it's mad breezy. I was able to get through it's pretty quick. It's not like was Amelia able to- to- Bedelia. Was able okay. To- burn through it in like a we're not
0: talking boxcar children here but maybe we are we're not talking flipping babysitter's little sister but maybe we are with Karen who never uses contractions who's a little sister but a hobbit sister well uh, mm, what mm, huh? not not in this because it's a sausage fest. So I'm just saying no hobbit sisters just- uh first some background though. yeah. In the early 1930s, Tolkien had already published a few poems in academic magazines while working as a professor of Anglo-Saxon at Oxford. Right. These poems include The Cat and the Fiddle, which was later incorporated into The Lord of the Rings as the song that Frodo sings at the Prancing Pony, although not the Peter Jackson movies.
1: He doesn't sing in
0: Although, he does sing, like, a hot-ass song in Hoppetit
1: Oh, he does. You're right. And they sing it in the, uh, in the-, the- Bakshi one, don't they?
0: They sing like four seconds of it, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then he like wipes out and eats ass on the floor. Right,
1: I remember that. Okay. Uh,
0: Tolkien was also writing letters to his children posing as Father Christmas because just like everyone else's parents, Tolkien was a liar.
1: Well, Father Christmas letters made him like an a extra liar. liar. Like
0: an extra liar. Like that makes me, yeah. Like, <laughs> our, your parents lie to you. They break that trust. That bond of trust between parent and child, that is forfeit right from the beginning. And I've never quite gotten over it.
1: Do you want to talk about it?
0: Um, maybe another time okay. there's just too much there's just too much anywho one day Tolkien was doing some paperwork when he suddenly found a blank page and wrote in a hole in the ground there lived a hobbit most of us when we're bored doing paperwork we'll just do it, like an owl with boobs or something but Tolkien made much more of his idle scribblings and by 1932 he had finished the entire manuscript of the hobbit Several years later, one of his students showed it to a staff member of Alan and Unwin, who showed it to Stanley Unwin, who showed it to his 10-year-old son, who basically greenlit the project. Um, getting the okay from a 10-year-old is a business strategy that presumably works in children's literature and no other industry. Yeah.
1: English <laughs> professor created. Kid approved.
0: Yeah. And actually, that, that 10-year-old son, Rainer um, Unwin.
1: Was Albert Einstein. <laughs> that
0: boy was Albert <laughs> Einstein. <laughs> He later went on to prove his atheist professor wrong.
1: Wow. And everybody clapped.
0: <laughs> no, Tolkien sent him drafts of the Lord of the Rings too. Okay. To get his his take on it. And by that
1: point, he was not a 10-year-old. No, right? he was
0: much older, yeah. Okay. It's important to understand that when Tolkien wrote The Hobbit, he intended it as a standalone. That is to say, he had already been fleshing out his mythological world in works like The Silmarillion, but he didn't initially think of The Hobbit as necessarily belonging to that
1: world. Oh, so The Sil and this Hobbs weren't connected at the time.
0: Not at the time. The in- dust jacket of the original publication states that the story takes place in a, quote, ancient time between the age of fairy and the dominion of men. That's all you get.
1: I mean, that's not wrong, though. And remember, the
0: Shire is not called the Shire.
1: Right. Okay. It's not really called anything, It's not really
0: called anything. Like, none of that stuff is fleshed out. Yeah. Because Tolkien didn't know it yet. The map included in the book does not identify the world as Middle Earth or Bilbo's home country as the Shire. The western part of the world is labeled simply as Western Lands, while the eastern part is simply labeled Wilderland.
1: I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it only concerns the things in the story that matter, right? Right, right, right. It's like Hobbit. Town, the wilderness, and then uh, Lonely Mountain, right? It was
0: only later that it occurred to him to incorporate it into his larger mythos. Mm. So if The Hobbit wasn't inspired by Tolkien's own complex fisch- fictional mythology, what was it inspired by? Turns out, a bunch of things. Any guesses?
1: Um, I'm gonna guess, uh... Uh, probably other, like, English literature. Oh! Like for kids' literature. Like...
0: You're on the money.
1: Perhaps, like, Beatrix Potter or something. Ooh,
0: okay, cool. Um, Beatrix Potter is, uh, an English, uh, kids' writer, but I, she is not on the list.
1: I Well, I'm just saying, she has rabbits living in little houses, and... Hmm,
0: okay, it's fair. Maybe there was, like, some stealth influence from Beatrix Potter. Maybe, or, maybe he wouldn't admit to it, but that or was, like... like, The
1: Wind in the Willows. Wind in the Willows
0: is a really good... I feel like Mr. Yeah. Toad
1: is a hobbit, because oh. he, he lives in, uh, Toad... Manor or whatever, right? And he's has yeah. got, and he wants to drive a motor car, just call, like Bilbo. Call, I would think, uh, like Alice
0: in Wonderland. Alice
1: in Wonderland, yeah, yeah. Um, so
0: here's the ones that I actually found written down. Okay, right. So, for example, the general style of the book seems to borrow from a 19th century writer called William Morris, and in particular, the theme of dragons being environmentally harmful is taken directly mm. from Morris's prose, in, uh, prose and poetry romances. Another influence seems to be The Princess and the Goblin, an extremely weird ass eighteen seventy two children's novel by George MacDonald. Now do you remember the animated version of the story that came out when we were little? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do
0: you actually remember it?
1: Oh, this story? I thought I meant The, the Hobbit. The Princess and the Goblin. Oh, I have no idea. No. Okay,
0: a- the reason it- you don't remember it is because it came out around the same time as The Lion King.
1: <laughs> oh, was it actually like a full-length?
0: Yeah, it was. it was. Was it like a
1: Don Bluth joint or something? I, no,
0: it-, it was a joint Hungarian, Welsh, and
1: Japanese production. So it probably didn't make it over here.
0: It did, Um, like, two years after it came out. So it came out in 1992 abroad in, like, Europe. In and In the then-
1: theaters, though? Or was it like, a, like um,
0: a- I think it might have come out in theaters. But anyway, like, it didn't do very... Very well. Its box office take was like five million. No, not even five million. Like one million dollars. That, that seems
1: like a straight to VHS um, situation in the U.S. Well, I
0: saw it on VHS. I remember it pretty clearly, both because it was weird and because it was like a ninety nine cent rental at Front Row Video. So I think my family probably rented it more than once. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I remember it pretty well. Um, the gist of it is that a little princess named Irene lives near this goblin infested mine, and the goblins are planning on flooding the mine to kill all the miners and get revenge for their stolen land. Mm, okay. Princess Irene tries to stop this plot with the help of a child miner called Curdy and the ghost of her great great grandmother which has magical healing powers. It turns out the way to stop the goblins is to step on their feet really hard because that's their weak point but unfortunately the queen goblin wears stone shoes so that's a wash. Eventually Curdy warns everyone to get out of the mine before the flood starts and the only ones who die are the goblins the king of the land rewards Curdy for his bravery by giving him a red underskirt to give to his mom.
1: Wow, there's a lot going on in this story. Yeah. I I looked it up just now. This is what you're talking about, right? Yeah. I like, it's called Prince and the Goblin, uh, and the only thing I'm going to cover that's like a review is whimsical, dot, 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 the New York Times. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just kind of like, whimsical. Whimsical,
0: (laughs) but shit. (laughs) I don't know. I have not seen I liked it when I was a kid but I have not seen it as an adult. So it really could be like just dreadful. Yep. I remember this like extremely clearly. The
1: animation kind of looks like Don Bluth but crossed with like the the CDI Zelda games. <laughs> I can't wait to eat a Dongo.
0: <laughs> I mean like I I don't know like it's it was animated in Japan. I know that's what I'm saying like 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 the goblin so... looks
1: pretty like uh you know like kind of like a classic character. Design. Right. But it's got know. that
0: really thin line art that kind right. of like is a dead giveaway of Japanese animation. I
1: can't see it. I haven't seen it in motion.
0: Yeah. We, like, should, we should watch it. It's probably not very good.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so anyway, obviously the princess and the goblin is weird as shit.
1: It's whimsical. Dot, the, dot, it's dot. whimsical.
0: Dot, dot, dot. Child minors. Whimsical. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Children getting the black lung, whimsical, (laughs) dot, dot, dot.
1: That was 6.8 at IMDb, and it's got 95% of Google users like the movie. So that's not actually
0: terrible. We should watch it. We should watch it. The important part for our purposes is that Tolkien's depiction of goblins, aka orcs, appears to be heavily based on their depiction in The Princess and the Goblin. And indeed, if you ever watch the animated version, at least, the goblins are pretty much like the prototypical concept of a goblin. Okay. Right. Okay. Prepare to get whiplash, though. Because this next inspiration is about as far from a children's fantasy novel as you can get.
1: All right, lay it on me. I got my helmet on.
0: The style, narrative, and some of the incidents in The Hobbit are very similar to those in a historical novel called The Black Douglas, written by an author by the excruciatingly 1800s name of Samuel Rutherford Crockett. Whoa!
1: Whiplash! My neck! Ow! No,
0: no wait for it. Oh, okay. The villain of the novel was an actual historical figure called... I don't know how to say it because it's French. Gilles Retz. No. Giles de Ritz. Giles de Ritz? I don't know.
1: Giles uh, de right?
0: On whom Tolkien based the character of the Necromancer, i.e. Sauron. Uh... Giles de Retz was a child rapist and murderer in the 1400s, and his crimes are so awful, I honestly couldn't get through the Wikipedia article about them.
1: Is this the whiplash part? Yeah,
0: like... <laughs> oh My yeah, neck! Yeah, yeah, oh, your neck, God. right? It'd be even more whiplash if you actually read the article, and I'm like, trust yeah. me. There, there are two Wikipedia articles I really wish I could unread. One is the article on the Nanking Massacre, and the other is the article on Giles de Retz. Um, I actually feel like Sauron is more morally illicit than Giles de Retz.
1: So he's also in the, like... Giving rings to people and turning them into ghosts. I have and- not read
0: The Black Douglas, so I honestly don't know like what parts were inspiration for Sauron. I have absolutely no idea. But um, fortunately, he kept out the sex bits because they're really
1: heinous. And we know Tolkien never had sex, so it's fine.
0: I mean, he had to have had sex at least, like, a few times. Because he had kids. Right. But um, he definitely didn't do it for fun. Not his
1: thing. Not his thing.
0: Now, Norse literature was also, obviously, oh, a huge yeah. influence on Tolkien.
1: Dwarves are right from that.
0: Yeah. For example, the names of all the dwarves plus Gandalf are pulled directly from ancient Norse. So, Fili, Kili, Oin, Gloi, Bivor, Bavor, Bomber, Dori, Nori, Dvalin, Blind, Dain, Nain, and Thorin, Ein Skjaldi.
1: Ooh, all right. With the
0: T-H written as a thorn.
1: That's neat.
0: And also Gandalfur. 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 So he also pulled the name Radagast from a Slavic deity called Rodagast, the god of hospitality. Isn't that
1: nice? he's hospitable to his Mm animals.
0: We've already discussed how the dispossessed wandering dwarves are based on the plight of the Jews in Europe. Mm -hmm. But the single biggest influence on the hobbit was probably... Beowulf okay. not Norse but northern European
1: he did a translation of it right or like a, a he
0: did do a translation of it and he also did some like really early academic like scholarship on it he was one of the first if not the first um, what, what, what can I say like like academic scholar mm-hmm. to actually take it seriously as a work of literature and not just like an old English curiosity All right, yeah so if
1: it wasn't for Tolkien maybe it wouldn't be in the the cultural mind. Set, right? Not in the way it is wouldn't, now. Wouldn't be taught in schools, maybe. Right. Yeah.
0: Anyway, Beowulf is a hell of a pedigree for a children's book. I think we can all agree. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, firstly, a lot of the general cultural and linguistic practices in The Hobbit are drawn from Beowulf. For example, naming swords and carving runes on their blades. Uh, more importantly, Beowulf also features a dragon as its final foe.
1: It does. Does a dragon
0: that sleeps in a den and has a hoard of treasure.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Checks f- out.
0: Yep. In fact, when uh, Bilbo sneaks into the sleeping dragon's lair and steals a piece of treasure, that directly mirrors what happens in Beowulf. Copy. So here is a passage from Beowulf. When the dragon awoke, anger was renewed. The stark hearted sniffed after the stone, discovered the footprints of the enemy. He stopped too near with secret craft to the end of the dragon. And here's a passage from The Hobbit. Uh,
1: You know, they go through the mountain. Smout. That's a passage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Smout. God damn it. God damn it, I put up with so much.
1: I'm so sorry, Joanna. Continue.
0: (laughs) Smout. Smog. Smog had passed from an uneasy dream to a doze, and from a doze to wide waking. There was a breath of strange air in his cave. He stirred and stretched forth his neck to sniff. Then he missed the cup. His rage
1: passes description. Is it too late to charge him with plagiarism? I don't. I mean, like, nose. I feel
0: like the statute of limited Like, the copyright on that is probably long <laughs> over, because it was written in, like, the 900s.
1: So. I'm just saying. Also,
0: we don't know who wrote it. Yeah, he's, okay. like, he, He's never, he's never gonna. He'll he'll never see his day. In court. You
1: think in Tolkien's translation, he like maybe made it sound a little less like The Hobbit?
0: No, actually, I, mean, I feel like he made it sound more like The Hobbit.
1: Yeah, in Tolkien's,
0: yeah, I feel like he made it. Yeah, if well, I mean, he's
1: a purist. He's not gonna mess with the source. You know, he's like a- that's
0: a totally different story. But mm-hmm. yeah, Um okay, so these passages are pretty much the same, but. Here's what's so great about The Hobbit and what makes Tolkien a more complicated figure than he might seem at first with all his stuffiness and his love of tradition, right? So, thematically, The Hobbit is actually really, really modern. Mm -hmm. Like, the through line of Bilbo's maturation Mm -hmm. gets called, like, Jungian a lot of the time. Which is not something that you could apply to, like, for example, the character of Beowulf.
1: Sure, yeah. Uh,
0: In fact... The Hobbit sets up expectations with its really historical and traditional setting and then intentionally subverts them. So let me give you an example. I just explained how the whole incident with Smaug is based on the dragon portion of Beowulf, right? Right. But in terms of their personalities and levels of intelligence, there's absolutely no comparing the two. Um, the dragon in Beowulf is clearly a wild animal. Mm-hmm. acting on inst- instinct rather than intellect. It doesn't dream. It definitely doesn't talk. Meanwhile, not only does Smaug speak very eloquently, but he uses the most modern phrasing of any character in The Hobbit.
1: Yeah, and, and the whole conflict is... You know, averted briefly by conversation rather than combat.
0: Rather than combat. Exactly. That's another really good point. Bilbo like never fights. No. He's a hero and he does not fight. Uh for example, Smaug uses phrases like, Don't let your imagination run away with you, which definitely would not have been comprehended by the Anglo Saxons. Sure, yeah. This is what makes Smaug such a delight to read because you think you're getting an angry fire lizard and instead you get a slick narcissist.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what's fun about him.
0: Yep. Bilbo is also an entirely atypical protagonist for a fantasy story. He's basically a walking anachronism trapped in an Anglo-Saxon world. Um, for example... Unlike the dwarves and the warriors, and Beowulf for that matter, Mm -hmm. with their warlike tendencies and ride-or-die loyalty, Bilbo does not like conflict Mm -hmm. and prefers peace over allegiance to his lord. Yeah. In his attempt to prevent a war, he literally steals his lord, Thorin's most coveted treasure and gives it to, quote-unquote, the enemy. Yeah, he's
1: a little bit of a, he's he's a pacifist coward.
0: He is. He is a pacifist coward, and yet Tolkien seems to to show the virtue in that, to be honest.
1: That's a really good archetype, I feel like, for a hero, because it makes him a lot more they're not like this super, you know. Like Beowulf's pretty hard to connect to because he's like a real like
0: he's just like every good at guy. everything. He's just everything guy. He's just really good at everything and he's really strong and he's really brave. Although like he does meet his match and die in the
1: end, so I'm he does saying, have a downfall. He's a little bit of a Marty Sue. <laughs> Self-insert much?
0: Beowulf, Beowulf definitely was like the 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 10th century poets like Marty Sue. Right. Absolutely, for sure. And everybody thought he was hot. All the girls liked him. He yeah. never did anything wrong. Here's Bilbo. Okay, so, so anyway, Bilbo's sensibility and moral complexity are definitely not seen in medieval literature. Mm-hmm. They're definitely like a 20th century thing. Here's Bilbo talking to Bard and the elves who want a share of Thorin's treasure. Now, do you want to be Bard or do you want to be Bilbo?
1: Um, which one do you want to be? I'll be Bilbo. I'll be Bard.
0: All right, so Bilbo talks first. Can you see?
1: Can you turn a little bit?
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so Bilbo talks first. Personally, I am only too ready to consider all your claims carefully and deduct what is right from the total. However, you don't know Thorin and Oakenshield and as well as I do now. "'I assure you he is quite ready to sit on a heap of gold and starve as long as you sit here.'
1: "'Well, let him,' said Bard. "'Such a fool deserves to starve.' Uh,
0: "'Quite so,' said Bilbo. I "'I see your point of view.' At the same time, winter is coming on fast. Before long, you'll be having snow and whatnot, and supplies will be difficult, even for elves, I imagine. Also, there will be other difficulties. You have not heard of Dain and the dwarves of the Iron Hills? A good many of them have experience in the dreadful dwarf and goblin wars of which you have no doubt heard. When they arrive, there may be serious trouble.
1: Why do you tell us this? Are you betraying your friends, or are you threatening us? asked Bard grimly.
0: My dear Bard, squeaked Bilbo, don't be so hasty. I am merely trying to avoid... trouble for all concerned now i will make you an offer it is this and he drew forth the arkenstone this is the arkenstone of thrain said bilbo the heart of the mountain i give it to you it will aid you in your bargaining
1: but how is it yours to give
0: oh well said the hobbit uncomfortably it isn't exactly but well i am willing to let it stand against my claim don't you know anyway i'm going back now and the dwarves can do what they like to me yeah yeah. And scene. And scene. It's like basically stabbing his liege lord directly in the back, but for the sake of the greater peace. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I thought this was so dumb. Because it wasn't what I expected from high fantasy. Like, you go through all the months of travel and all the fights with goblins and warriors and whatever, and then you just give the treasure away, Bilbo, you dumb ass.
1: Come on, you did all that work for nothing.
0: But now it's obvious that this was a pretty direct reaction to Tolkien's experience with war. Mm -hmm. So in the end, it barely matters who wins and who loses, because either way, a lot of people die. The attitude can best be summed up in Bilbo's comment, Victory after all, I suppose. Well, it seems a very gloomy business. Mm
2: -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: The contrast between Bilbo as a modern hero and the fantasy setting is even highlighted in the riddles he trades with Gollum. Yes. All of Gollum's riddles are based on old historical sources. Really? But all of Bilbo's are from modern nursery rhymes.
1: Interesting. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So that's where I'm going to end it for today. This is actually going to be a multi-parter.
1: Oh my goodness. So I will
0: continue next week. Ryan, what's your opinion on The Hobbit?
1: It rules. It's a good book. Yeah. It's it's a fun one. It reads real quick, like I said, breezy as heck. Uh, It has a clip to it that is is is. Un unseen in the many books, like you know? it,
0: it cooks a lot more than than Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is more of a slow broiler. it's a bit more
1: ponderous. Whereas, you know, we've talked, we made a lot of hay over the over the podcast time talking about you know how uh, Petey Jacks kind of took that slim little book and stretched it out, um,
0: but he really did, though.
1: Yeah, but you know, like taking you know, you read the book and the whole like. You know, stone giants fighting in the mountains is like two sentences.
0: Yeah. And then in the
1: movie, it's like a 10 minute set piece, you know, with like people flying around and stuff. Because
0: Tolkien, and I've noticed this as I'm, I'm rereading Lord of the Rings for the upteenth time. He tends to like skip through action scenes very quickly, actually, mm -hmm. because to him, that's not like the interesting part. To him, the interesting part is like the history and the linguistics and all these different races and the Lord. Exactly. Um, so like all that stuff tends to
1: right by so you made i mean you made a really good point about it being like a kind of a, a modern twist on a on a traditional storytelling yes, form which i don't do, think
0: people give tolkien credit for now
1: do you think he kind of reverted a little bit when writing lord of the rings because i feel no like, really okay i think there's some characters like maybe sam who feel pretty modern yes but then like a lot of other characters like i feel like you know aragorn is pretty much like your archetypical hero <laughs> after he stops being strider i actually don't yeah. agree with
0: that okay I actually think that, so, so I've talked about this before, but I think that the characters in Lord of the Rings and to a lesser extent The Hobbit, at least the main character in The Hobbit, Mm -hmm. like, they're very, very much, like, not in the manner of traditional masculinity.
1: Okay, I guess, I guess. So, like, Aragorn
0: does fight, it's true, but he shows, like, kindness and compassion and gentleness a lot more often than he fights. Okay. And so, I, I would argue that that makes him not the typical.
1: Okay. You know, but yeah, hero. I guess, I guess, yeah, he's not a Beowulf, right? Yeah. He's he has, no Beowulf. He's got flaws and stuff. Yeah. All right. I was just curious. I I think,
0: and I also think like the character of Gollum is extremely modern. Oh yeah, for sure. Like for extreme, sure. like like psychologically very modern, and mm-hmm. also like in the moral gray area that he occupies, extremely modern. Because it's like you're he's he's both heinous but also pitiable. Yeah. yeah. You you kind of want him to come back, but you know he can't. He's a great. And character. then in the end, ultimately, it's him who destroys the ring. As I've said many times. So. I no, I don't think it was a step backward in terms of modernity, but the prose style itself might. Maybe have been. that's making me think that I feel like <laughs> the prose style itself is not as modern.
1: Hobbit's real readable now. Lord of the Rings still a bit tricky.
0: Still a bit tricky. But once you like, once you have all the background, though, from this podcast, mm-hmm. let me tell you, like it, it moves a lot faster. All right. Because there's not like 8,000 different references that you have to try and like internalize and not understand. You
1: hear that, folks? All I got to do is listen to like 70-some episodes of our show, and you'll have an easy time reading Lord of the Rings.
0: <laughs> That's not very practical, is it? Well, anyway, for you, Ryan, though, for yeah, you, because you, you had to listen to all these episodes. Yeah. You didn't I have, have, a, have choice. a choice. You'll probably be able to read Lord of the Rings really easy. Anywho, what you got for me?
1: You know what I got for you. We started it last week. The Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Splinter of the Mind's Eye. How many... What what, what number
0: parter is it? Like, how many parts?
1: This is part two of two. All right. The end of the book. I I I threw half the book last time, and I finished it this week. And you know how last week I was talking about how the story is you know it's kind of like they had to keep it simple so it'd be a good like tv movie sure they had to rein it
0: in for budgetary reasons
1: i gotta say second half of this book they do not rein it in oh it, really it goes off them rains really fast maybe
0: like when he was writing the second half it became clear that star Wars was gonna be a mega hit and it was gonna get like a second big budget movie and so they were like just screw it do whatever you want
1: so do you remember what happened in the first half of splinter of the mind's eye yes
0: i do so luke and leia are on like this secret Excuse me, Imperial Mining Planet, and yeah. all the native inhabitants have been subjugated as slaves that, like, lick alcohol off people's feet. Luke hit Leia also, just, like, to prove how working class he was, I guess. And, yeah. And um, they were presented with a sliver of a crystal. They were. And now they're going to find the rest of it.
1: So, yeah, Luke and Leia, they are captured by Colonel Supervisor Grammel, who's, like, the bad guy of this book. Oh, uh, that's right,
0: Yes. <laughs> The guy's so nice, they gave him titles twice. Yeah. Colonel Supervisor, okay.
1: Yeah, so Colonel Supervisor has them captured. They are in jail with these things called Yuzms, which are not Joe Yaza, And the last thing he left them, they were leaving a trail of blood behind them as they escaped from the base. Oh
0: yeah, isn't the Yuzm like chronically drunk? Like it got it yes. got drunk like five weeks ago and it's still drunk. It's still
1: drunk and it's just like throwing things at people and using a droid to beat a man to death. That's and a just, fun character. I really like the Yuzms, yeah. they're fun. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue. So, escaping from the base. Uh, they're running around... You know, Stormtroopers chasing after them. Grammel chases after them as well, and it mentions him finishing buckling his pants. So, it, what,
0: was he taking a leak? Was he out? he I think, he, he, would, what was I think he, doing? he was
1: peeing. And
0: but they don't mention any pee. They just say he buckled his pants, leaving you to fill in the blank of why his pants were
1: unbuckled. I think it's to explain why he's lagging behind the heroes.
0: Ah, but, uh, but I feel like leaving it open ended was not a wise choice.
1: No. So all you
0: have to say is he had been taking a leak.
1: You don't have to say that. But yeah. is that so
0: much to ask? He had been dropping a
1: deuce. So the Yuzzams dismember a guy and throw a desk at another. Like, they're just causing him. Oh my god, him. cool. Yeah. Wait,
0: no, is that cool? That's murder. I don't know if it's oh, cool. It is cool.
1: They explode the rat with a grenade that Luke found. Okay. Uh, and in the process, Gra- like, the whole base starts going up. Like, there's explosions going off all over the place. Dang, and dang. And gets his right arm and part of his face blown apart in the process. Oh no, Colonel Supervisor. Yeah. They catch up with Hala, who, if you remember, is the old lady who gave them the splinter of the mind's eye. Um, she's, yes. She's the old lady who has the force. Under she's, kind
0: of false pretenses, yeah. she gave
1: it to them. And R2D2 and 3P are there as well, somehow. Um, oh, all right. They go to the Imperial Garage, and R2 Hot wires an Imperial Swamp Crawler. You
0: can do that? Yeah. All right, cool. cool.
1: I don't really explain what a swamp crawler is outside that has, like...
0: Is it like a like a fan boat?
1: No, or? it's got big tires and it's high up, so all I could picture was like a monster Ooh. truck. <laughs> yeah. So R two Hotwire.
0: Grave Digger. He Hotwire's Grave Digger. Yeah.
1: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. R two <laughs> Hotwire's
2: Gravedigger. Digger. Oh, shoot! Still just twelve bucks. Twelve bucks. Bucks. Bu- bucks.
1: So meanwhile, the base is still exploding behind them. As they take off. And Hala's like, well, I guess you guys have explored the mine as well. Okay. Whoops.
0: Whoops. There goes the entire economy. But then again, it was like a crappy slave it was, it was economy. A, it was an so. energy
1: mine, which is bad for the environment. Yeah,
0: so like, that's good, actually, that it did that. So
1: they drive toward the Temple of po- Pomo Jema, which is the temple, again, where the whole... Uh, uh, stone is the, the kyber crystal yeah. we are trying to go for. And Hall explains, Pomojema was a minor god, but one who was supposed to be able to give his priests the ability to perform miraculous feats, healing the sick and stuff like that. Of course half the M- Mimbanian gods were supposed to be capable of miracles, but with this Pomojema, those legends could hold some truth. The kyber crystal could be the basis for those stories.
0: Hmm. Interesting hmm.
1: So Mimban, you know, Maybe, maybe they have some truth to their legends. On the way, this is kind of an aside. I, I, I try to go through a bit quicker this time as far as, like, play-by-plays of what happens in the story. But I just have to point out things that are weird. So, like, okay. on the way, Luke pulls out his lightsaber and he's like, oh, I need to charge it. So he hooks it up... What? To a, so he takes a wire and hooks up to a blaster. What? And he charges his lightsaber. Off
0: a blaster? Off
1: a blaster in the monster truck.
0: You know what it reminds me of? What? is um... I Know Who Killed Me, where Lindsay Lohan <laughs> has to plug her leg into the wall to charge it. Yeah. Oh
1: my god. I know <laughs> who killed leg. me. Aesthetic
0: leg. And then the big climax, for those of you who haven't seen it, which is statistically just about everybody, uh, the big climax is she's running from the guy who previously tried to kill her um, through a graveyard mm-hmm. and her leg <laughs> starts losing its Michaels.
1: juice and she can't run anymore. Yeah, because her leg just stops working. It's, it's so It's so dramatic. It's so funny, guys. Anyway, so Luke does the same thing Lindsay lohan does with her leg <laughs> yeah. um back at the mining facility grandma gets his arm and face repaired the arm is good as new because they actually like reconstructed it out of like cyber flesh and stuff and the doctor tells him you'll never sweat from that arm again
0: well i guess not <laughs> and it's like cool. I, weird <laughs> thanks and she's cool like silver lining
1: the doctor she's like well i could put these uh perspiration generators in there, but it's still healing. Why so. would
0: anybody want that?
1: So now Grandma has an arm that will never sweat.
0: <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> cool.
1: But back to our heroes. What do
0: I need to do to get an arm that can't sweat? Yeah. Just one arm.
1: Then back to our heroes. They drive toward the temple for several days in their monster truck. And at one point, they accidentally drive over a huge beast they think is part of the swamp, but it rises up and Hala's like, oh no, it's a wandrella And the book describes as this big sort of uh, like, fleshy amoeba thing with lots of eyes. This is how they're drawn in the comic book of this story. Oh, it's kind of like Gleep and Glorp. Kind of Gleep the, and Glorp from like the Herculoids, yeah. They,
0: they, they drove over Gleep and Glorp in a monster truck.
1: Yeah, so Gleep and Glorp pop out of the out of the ooze, and, uh, it eats their monster truck.
0: No! Yeah. Grave Digger!
1: Everyone's able to jump out in time. Uh, Hala and the Yuzums get separated from Luke and Leia, and they're still being pursued by the Wandrella through the jungle. Okay. Um... Luke and Leia climbed down a cool vine ladder into this big hole they found in a cool underground ruin that they came across. A
0: cool vine ladder? Don't you mean a vinular transport? I
1: do. <laughs> Thank you, Star Wars. <laughs> You're right. How could I be so stupid? So I climbed on the vinular transport into this big, like it's almost like a big uh, well, like a big uh, big tunnel that's been bored into the ground. Okay, yeah, like that a, is what a well is. But it's like a, there's like weird spiral staircases and stuff oh. they can notice around the side. So it's like this kind of ancient ruin. Ooh. Um. There's some pretty cool descriptions, too. I don't know. Again, I keep coming back to this book as, like, got some of the better writing of a Star Wars book. Yeah. Um, here's how it describes the Wandrella's attack, which I think sounds kind of cool. It opens its toothy maw, a low lymph-curdling ululation issued from within. Lymph curdling, ululation.
0: Lymph curdling—that is like a hell of a phrase. Ululation. Ululation. The only other person I've ever seen use ululation is like Lovecraft. So I, I feel know. like that's kind of what he's aiming for. Really? So are you think? But lymph curdling is like a cool. You aspect. might be onto
1: something with that. We'll get to that, get to that later.
0: Not—it's not, not going to curdle your blood. It's going to curdle for your, your lymphs. Lymph. Your nodes are going to be the size of cows. Oh my nodes!
1: <laughs> my, nodes it's got my nodes! My, my nodes are curdling. <laughs> no Keep Gird- me in the nodes. Keep in the nodes. They realize pretty soon that they're in a bottomless pit. When the ladder oh, runs shit. out, and they still haven't touched the ground, and they oh, drop no. a rock, they don't hear it splash at the bottom. Mm. So they're so. What they do is that they they lure the wandrella to chase in after them, and it falls on the pit like a real dumbass.
2: Oh,
0: you stupid freaking idiot! Where are your ululations now? The Gleep
1: Glorp eulalates as it falls into the bottomless pit. Uh, here's how it's described again. Pretty cool writing. Leading out, they saw it shrink to a dot, a pinpoint of brightness, before it finally vanished into the abyssal depths. Echoes of the creature, bouncing and bumping from wall to wall, drifted up to them with steadily increasing faintness, dying memories of a massive death. Ooh. Pretty cool. I don't know. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. I kind of like that description. A massive death. I like that. The Vinalander is giving way, so they have to swing to a nearby alcove, which is on the side of the pit. Hala finds him and shouts down at them, like, you guys are in a Kowei well. And looks like, what's a a Kowei well? What are you talking about? She's like, well, a well that was built by the Koei! Thanks, Whoa. Hala. Who
0: the hell are that K- Hala, that is like a tremendously unhelpful answer. Thank you. Uh,
1: so the Koway are natives of Mimban, like the Greenies. Okay. Kind of like a lot. They're kind of cousins. Yeah. And they have this tunnel system that they built all throughout the jungle that goes underneath, built into these wells. Yes. And so Hala and the Yuzms and the droids travel on land and Luke and Leia travel underground to rendez- rendezvous at some point when they reach the surface. Yeah. So the shark went through these cool tunnels. Now, here's, we got a, a triumphant event, a, a big notable, notable notable quotable here, the first mention of Han Solo.
0: Wait, I thought he wasn't in it. Well,
1: page 81 of this book, they finally bring him up. What? So Luke asks Leia, what could Moff Tarkin have done to you back in the Death Star before Han Solo and I rescued I you? I believe that's
0: Grand Moff Tarkin, excuse you. Luke
1: only knows him as a Moff, he's a farm boy, he doesn't know about the rankings of the Imperial oh uh, Naval Academy or whatever. Naval Academy? <laughs> I mean, that's really one of the, like, fly TIE fighters, I guess. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, the tunnel is full of this cool phosphorescent moss and crystals and stuff. It's a very 70s. Very, like, Blacklight yeah. Poster described.
0: Is Led Zeppelin playing down there.
1: Yeah. It made me think of the 70s as well and Blacklight Posters because of this small passage. Okay. They passed a tall stand of something resembling paralyzed bamboo encased in quartz. When the princess accidentally bumped into one, they discovered another one of its properties. There was a bong. Startled, <laughs> Leia jumped aside and experimentally <laughs> gave the stem a sharp rap with her knuckles, the ringing was repeated. Hollow maybe, suggested a delighted Luke.
0: Bong! Hollow find... <laughs> bongs, Lady! I
1: know they mean the sound effect, and but I later, thought it was funny that they're just like.
0: Check it! We found some bongs in the crystal cave! Hollow maybe! <laughs> hollow maybe!
1: I thought it was really funny. I don't know, it made me laugh. But again, not what I'm Alan Dean hit Foster that intended. bong
0: in the crystal moss cave!
1: Yeah, baby! Ooh. It's not that. It's just like a. They play it like like a, like a xylophone. Like they can, like a
0: skeleton playing on its ribs. Yeah, they can
1: hit the different bamboo pieces, and it makes different noise, different tones depending on how long they are and stuff like that. So
0: they're at the bottom of it now.
1: They're going through the tunnels. They're going through these tunnels. Oh, okay. Built up from the side of this big well that Got they're it. about to fall into. I just wanted
0: to criticize it for not actually being bottomless, but it looks like it.
1: No, no, it's it definitely is bottomless. The okay. wandrella never like came up. So yeah. they find a huge underground lake, and it's described as the water being black as the inside of the emperor's mind, which I think is a, is a fun description because again, at this point, 1978. The Emperor didn't really exist yet. I mean, he was mentioned in A New Hope.
0: He existed in the sense that, like, he is a thing that had been mentioned, but he wasn't, like, a character.
1: No, Not a character yet. He you wasn't she. At this point, Lucas thought he was going to be a politician like Nixon or something, but...
0: <laughs> didn't he just love those Vietnam
1: I mean, parallels? Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. He didn't think of him as, like, a force user or anything like that. Again, that was way out of his mind. He's but, literally just
0: a guy who bugs a hotel. And <laughs> Alan Dean Foster
1: knew he's got a dark mind. Like, yeah. the, like the surface of this underground lake. Luke gets the bright idea to travel across it on giant lily pads growing on the surface, using wide, flat crystals as paddles.
0: I don't think that actually works. Like, that sounds like something that he work. <laughs> it
1: works. What? So, Luke, you can
0: actually stand on a lily pad. Well, like, these are that big right? lily
1: pads. Oh, they, okay. Well, they
0: are big. So Luke
1: zooms down. He uses his lightsaber to, to sever it from the bottom of the lake, and they hop in this big lily pad, and he's a big crystal as a paddle. Let me tell you. <laughs> Yeah. it's a really like, cool mental picture. Um, let, me, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah.
0: That is precious, but let me also tell you, I used to go to a water park that had these big foam lily pads that you could like try and, and cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like your ass would fall off in seconds. Oh no, of course. Yeah. I watched like so many, so <laughs> many like seven year old kids like wipe out on those.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Like you can't, you can't be on big lily pads. But Luke
1: and Leia can do it because they are cool. All right. Uh, Luke hears a bubbling sound behind them as they row with their big crystal paddles. I can't... Explain how funny it is to me to think of them using, like, these big crystal stalagmites as, uh, as paddles across this, like, it, cr- it makes me laugh. That think. was
0: definitely an idea they came up with after
1: using the ball. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so here's this bubbling sound behind him. Hoops out his lightsaber and sees a weird amorphous amoeba creature. Oh, you
0: hate to see it. You hate
1: to see it. He slices out a few times and the creature regrows its limbs every time, but eventually gets scared and runs off. Or as Leia said, You did it, Luke. You beat it off. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> What's so funny?
0: Does it, does it then casually mention that how Luke is doing up his pants?
1: You know what, actually? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, more lake paddling. Then they find this weird metal dock, and connected to it, a weird metal structure. The walls of the Koei city of Thrella. An underground. Thrella? Yeah. The evil love. The Thrella. Thriller,
0: thriller
1: night. And it certainly is, as they arrive in the Koei city, the underground metropolis of Thrella. But it's described like this. It rapidly became clear that the city was the product of an intelligence that had long since disappeared from Mimban. The absence of right angles and a preference for sweeping curves and arches oh. indicated that the inhabitants of the city had been aesthetically as well as architecturally talented.
0: Let me guess. The architecture was
1: non-Euclidean? Doesn't say so by name, was but.
0: Was it, was it non-Euclidean I was geometry? Feeling, I was
1: feeling a little non-Euclidean about it, so, I mean, it doesn't mention it straight up, but that's kind of what you're supposed to think, I think.
0: I think, I think. It was a cyclopean architecture? Uh, possibly.
1: So, as they're walking through this this abandoned city, they get attacked by the weird underground bipeds, and they realize right away, they're Kowei, and they seem a lot more primitive than the people who built this city. Like They've become hmm. kind of devolved over time. Each was slim and covered with a fine down. Their eyes were shrunken, dark orbs. Each wore a kind of abbreviated set of trousers, from which dangled assorted defeated. primitive r- instruments and many charms.
0: Abre- abbreviated trousers, so they were just called Trout.
1: Trout. Good on, honey. <laughs> them- now... The Koei are drawn uh, in the comic book, and I can show you a picture, but also interesting, they're also kind of portrayed in the solo Star Wars movie, Han Solo movie. Are Be- they? Because I remember mentioned before last week he was sent to Mimban on his Imperial grunt duty. Yeah. That's like the scene of the movie, he was yeah. running through the trenches and stuff. And the enemies they're fighting against kind of have visual references to the Koei as are drawn in, in, like, The are Legends really? canon. Take a look. Oh, yeah. They got the same sort no? of like. Like the face is pretty similar. I mean, one like, is like
0: wearing clothes. Yeah, but, but like, the it's kind face of primitive, is kind right? of similar. He's got like you know the,
1: the guys in Solo have like a bunch of like straw covering them. The guy in the in the story has like a ragged uh, pants on. I no don't know,
0: fooling dude.
1: So you know, yeah. good, good on you guys who made Solo a Solo Star Wars movie about Han Solo because I think that's nice. It's not straight up the co from the book. They're not like it's kind of like red fuzzy guys, um, like the red version of the greenies. But you know. I, I appreciate the nod.
0: I think that's nice. This is nice. I think that's nice. Uh
1: Luke and Leia uh, pretty much murder all of them. Oh, uh, I think that's
0: nice. Yeah, they attack
1: them with axes, so they fight back. Uh, one tries to retreat, but Leia chases after it and chops him with his own dropped axe.
0: Oh, jeez. Savage.
1: It's brutal. Uh, but this is the law of the underground, baby. Axe first, axe questions later. <laughs> they chase this retreating Koei, who now has like a bleeding shoulder, uh, until they find the city center, which, as it turns out, is full of Koei. Plus the Yuzms, Hala, and the droids are there, and they're tied up with vine cords. Oh
0: no! They've been captured.
1: The Koei are impressed with Luke's lightsaber and hold back, still kind of cautious. Hala tells them they've been tied up for half a day and she needs to pee. Like, she She's says her she says her bladder's killing her, so At that point, you might as well. You might know. as well just piss on them, right? Yeah. But she can talk Koei a little, because she, she speaks the greeny language, and their language is kind of similar. Okay. So she can speak a little bit of them. She says they're not mad Luke and Leia chopped up a few other boys, because... Death is an inevitable part of their culture. In fact, they're blaming the dead guys for being dumb by for jumping in a battle against a guy with a lightsaber. Like they blame the dead guys. This is our culture, you know? It's yeah. part of part of our society. It's like but it's like blame the victim much? I mean I mean, hello. I mean, like
0: you, well, I mean if the victim like first came at you, with
1: Believe attacks. dead Koei. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying everybody. Anyway, they want Luke to fight their champion to prove that you know the strength of the underground is you know proof that he's a, he's a strong warrior. The rules, according to Hala, fight until you quit.
2: That's okay, it.
0: fight until you, it's not fight until you die. It's just fight until you quit. Till you quit. What if you really don't feel like fighting? You just like slap them once lightly in the face, and you're like, I quit.
1: Then you lose.
0: But like, who cares? Because you don't die.
1: But you're you're total. Your your cred is ruined. But who based- cares? Koei, do. It's their culture. But,
0: like, they're not co- Koei. Luke, Luke and Leia aren't Koei, so, like, why do they give a shit?
1: Do like the Romans do. They're in their realm right now.
0: You cannot convince me to care about a one on one fight with a Koei warrior. I'm sorry, you can't.
1: All right, well, Luke does, because he wants to prove himself. And they fight Mano No Koei. lightsabers, no spears. Just this and stuff. The arena is a circular room with a shallow pool of water in the middle. So they're kind of like splashing through the waters. They're fighting. It kind of reminded me uh, of Black Panther this whole part. Yeah yeah, like- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I can, like, the part with T'ch- um, T'challa, T'challa, T'Challa
0: fights, um, what is his name? Killmonger. Killmonger, yeah. Yeah,
1: and they're like kind of in knee deep water, splashing at each other and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, Luke wins, but barely. Um, he's not so good at fighting in water because he's like from a desert planet. But he finds the Koei's weak spot, throwing a rock at his head. <laughs>
0: I mean, I would argue that that's like most things weak spot. Yeah. Like, I mean I think um goblins are an outlier for their weak spot being like second on their feet. But like yeah. I think most things are kind of weak to having rocks hit their head.
1: Yeah. But I mean
0: so I certainly yeah. He doesn't
1: kill the guy, but he's knocked out, and the Koei see, okay, this guy's got what it takes. So they free the captives. The chief approaches Luke and solemnly steps up to him and slaps him across the face. Uh-oh. Really hard. Uh-oh. <laughs> And Hal is like, don't just stand there. Uh, it's their way of acknowledging you're the stronger. Go on, hit him back. What? And Luke punches him in the Halle's face. Trolling. What? The Koei love it and invite them to stay for dinner. <laughs> this guy's got some cojones. Mid-feast, Luke feels a terrible stirring in the forest. And he goes, no, not again. Not, not here. Not him. And Hal's like, who are you talking about? And who do you think he's talking about? Darth Vader. You got it. Old DV. Wait, DV? Big DV Darth Vader.
0: He's on this planet?
1: Yes! Governor Asada must have sent him to retrieve the rebels and the kyber crystal. Oh my god. Rip- I mean, I
0: guess like I can't be surprised that they would use him in this movie because right. he was like a major, major hit, so. Right.
1: Or he sensed the force ripple. Remember Luke touched the crystal? So yeah. the ripple in the galaxy? Yeah. He probably sensed that as well.
0: Oh, crap.
1: And so- From that far away? Yeah. I mean, it, it travels through the whole galaxy. The force all connects everything. Oh my god, Hala really, like, did him dirty, making him touch that stupid crystal. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Then a, So basically, it sucks either way. Like, yeah. no matter how he got here, he's here now, and this sucks. Uh, so a panic breaks out among the Koei, as Hala translates that, quote unquote, hard shell humans with rods of death are on their way.
0: Oh, rods of death.
1: You know what that must mean? Dicks. How'd you know? <laughs> no, stormtroopers, dingus. Stormtroopers are on their way, about 70 of them, according to the scouts of the Koei. Wonderful, right? That's what oh, they needed cool. at dinner. But Luke and Lair, they say, no more running. We're going to face this head-on. We're going to get revenge. Leia asks, Luke, let me get one clear shot at Vader. That's all I want. Let me shoot him once. Luke's like, got it. And also, Luke, by the way, if they capture me to take me alive, just, like, flip my throat with a lightsaber.
0: Just make sure you kill me. Kill me, please. What she think they're going to do? Because the last time they captured her, they just, like, put her in a room.
1: They tortured her with the interrogation droid, Do you remember?
0: Oh, yeah. They pumped her up full of
1: drugs, and they... they stayed. Well, she seemed
0: fine when Luke found her in that room. In
1: this book, she's not fine. She has a lot of, like, PTSD stuff.
0: Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah, she,
1: she does not want to be captured by the Imperials again. So, like, yeah, just cut my throat. It's fine. Uh, it looks like, jeez, okay, I uh, guess. I'm like, kind of horny this, for you, but... This lady's going hard. Uh, anyway, everyone takes battle positions, and the Koei kind of hide out, ready for an ambush. The troopers enter the cave town, and the Koei start bellowing. The battle begins. Interesting aside, though soldiers caught in the maelstrom were Imperial troops. Men and women stationed too long in a backward, desolate women. world. We're just playing training. were relaxed concurrently with morale. So, you I know. I didn't think
0: there were any women. We got some Strong hashtag super. girl
1: bosses in the troopers. Hashtag
0: <laughs> Phasma was the ultimate hashtag girl boss, but now she dead.
1: She dead, yeah. Anyway, it's absolute chaos. These men and women of the Imperial army taking in the Koei town. Uh, Koei and troops are fighting. Luke's chopping wildly with a saber. Cats and dogs living together. Absolute madness, you know. Yeah. Whole thing. Then the big boy himself shows up. D... Ooh. DV Vader baby And also like Grammel's here too I guess oh He's got a new arm It doesn't sweat Ooh, like My arm doesn't sweat i pretty cool DV orders Grammel To get the troops to the surface As the Koei and friends Are like clearly kicking their butts like, Yeah They have they definitely have the advantage The hometown turf advantage here As they retreat The Koei pull down a stalactite From the ceiling And crush like 12 guys On the way out
0: Cool dude It really rules cool, like parting moves I love it man Late.
1: Meanwhile Leia picks up A sniper rifle she finds And takes oh. a, takes position To take aim at DV uh, she takes a clean shot at Vader. Cracks through the through the cave. It blasts a hole in the side of his armor and knocks him down. Ooh. He stands up and looks directly at her. <gasps> what? Oh, crap.
0: Is he invulnerable?
1: But then he turns to retreat with the others. <gasps> yes. As the Koei recover, Luke and his friends decide what to do next. They can't put more Koei at risk, <laughs> so they decide to take it to the surface themselves. They're going to sneak up there.
0: Take it to the streets.
1: Take it to the streets. Get to the temple before Vader can get there. Get the, the, the stone. Get the kyber crystal. Before he can get there, yeah, because again, this stone is supposed to amplify your force powers, and right. if he gets it, he's going to be unstoppable. Right? The soldiers are nowhere to be seen when they see to the surface, except for a lone Imperial swamp crawler, aka another monster truck. Oh
0: snap! So, so, so wait, 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 wait! What's what's another monster truck besides Gravedigger?
1: Uh, Bigfoot.
0: Bigfoot. It's, it's
1: Bigfoot. Bigfoot.
0: It's a monster truck called Bigfoot. Bigfoot.
1: It's got big tiles. Like, it's big feet. Like, well, it's big feet, but they're tiles. And so it's parked by the entrance of the tunnels, and there's no Imperial troopers around. Uh, the Yuzzams commandeer it. They pull the guy who's driving out of it and throw him to the surface. Can Yuzzams,
0: you... like, actually drive?
1: Oh, no. Heavens no.
0: Oh, okay. Heavens I mean, they're no. all, like, drunk as hell, yeah. so...
1: And they start driving toward the temple. Uh, meanwhile, Invader and, and the in tro- a troop carrier heading... Somewhere. Doesn't really describe where. They're just driving through the jungle. Just, just but I want to do some me. reader's theater here. Alright. So, do you want to be Grammel or do you want to be Vader?
0: Um, I think I can sound more like a guy with a, with an arm that doesn't sweat than okay. I can sound
1: like Vader. Can so. you read it? Can you see it?
0: I'm sorry, my lord. Most sorry I am. Who was to guess they were so well-armed, or that the underground elbows were- Oh, wow, I can't say that word.
1: You just did, baby. Oh, no. You're in character, don't worry.
0: Would put up such a battle.
2: "'The weapons were of small consequence. A few guns, all in the hands of wanted criminals. Admit it, Captain Supervisor. Your troops were inadequately prepared, poorly trained. Discipline and morale were both absent, and you were routed by a mob of ignorant savages!'
0: "'They took us completely by surprise, my lord! No native group has ever resisted the imperial presence on Mimban before!'
2: No native group previously had the benefit of human advice and aid. They did not employ wholly aboriginal tactics. You should have recognized the differences early and taken appropriate countermeasures. I know which parties are responsible for that. When I hold my hand in the balance of the crystal, I will mete out justice accordingly.
0: Muttering, I'd heard for that privilege myself.
2: You have no privileges, Captain Supervisor Grammel. You've blundered badly. Not critically, I hope, but badly. I curse myself for being fool enough to assume that you knew what you were doing. I told you, my lord, the surprise was complete. I'm not interested in excuses for debacles, only successful results. Grammel, your existence befouls me.
1: My lord, if I... Faster than a human eye can follow, Vader slashes Grammel with his lightsaber. Grammel's body tumbles backwards. The stunt driver looks on in terror.
2: We will travel faster without such dead weight to slow us. Return to your controls now! Yes, my lord! To Grammel's corpse. Whoever is your lord now,
1: it is not I.
0: It's Jesus. <laughs> it's definitely Jesus.
1: Moving the, sh- the shard of the kyber crystal from his sealed pocket, he holds the glowing crimson splinter before his eyes swaying slightly. It was there ahead, somewhere ahead, and he would find
0: it. He's definitely going to get the crystal before Luke and Leia do!
1: Anyway, I thought that was a... Fun interaction.
0: Yeah, it's I love. is fun when it ends in death.
1: I love Vader. it's so so like dramatic. I love all of his like your existence befouls me in this like yeah. If there's if you have a lord now, it is not form. I. Like, it's come like,
0: on, come on, dude.
1: Like Anakin, you're just rolling in it now, dude. Like you're such a such a such a such a you're just that. He was guy. always
0: kind of like that, but like yeah. he's even more so now. I know,
1: man. He's he's loving it now. Anyway, Grammel's dead. Vader's on the way. Back Is with our his heroes.
0: Arms really sweat now. No, no, <laughs> no, neither arm's sweating. Rip.
1: Back with our heroes. The monster truck approaches the temple of Pomojema. It's described like this: a monstrous pyramidal ziggurat. It looked as if it were formed out of cast iron, but metal it was not. Instead, the massive edifice had been built out of great blocks of some volcanic stone. Mm. I should mention too. I keep, I forgot to mention this earlier. The second half of this book. No horny paragraphs.
0: Yeah, I kind of noticed that. I keep waiting for horniness and it never comes.
1: Just kind of like cool, like, like, Lovecraft paragraphs, which which I like a lot more. I prefer
0: horniness, for sure.
1: They enter. Another paragraph here. A colossal statue is seated there against the dark wall. It represented a vaguely humanoid being seated on a carved throne. Leathery wings, which might have been vestigial, swept out into two awesome arcs to either side of the figure. Enormous claws thrust from feet and arms, the latter clinging to the ends of armrests on the throne. Had no face below slanted, accusing eyes, only a mass of Medusian carved tentacles. C-
0: Cthulhu?
1: No, it's Pomo it, But are we sure it's not
0: Cthulhu, though? It's nothing like it's other gods. What are you like Cthulhu talking Cthulhu? about? It, like it like Pomo- it's, it's, what? Get, it's got claws, Sorry? it's got wings, it's
1: got tentacles. Cthulhu? Like- Cthulhu? Sorry?
0: It's kind of like Do I know who that is? It is possible in the 1970s that he thought that this was like a super like underground type of Oh, no, of no, reference. no, no, no. Lovecraft no? is coming
1: back in the 70s in a oh, okay. way, so. Yeah,
0: it seems like somebody, like if you were, you know, they're all smoking bombs. So.
1: Yeah, so you got this tentacle-faced winged clawed, you know, creature out of, on like a stone throne. Yeah. Anyway. crowd
0: pleaser Cthulhu. No, no,
1: Pomojama. Oh, okay. Pomojama. Pomojama, Pomo-Jama- Fatagan. Okay. Anyway, in this chest is the Kyber Crystal. It's this big gem about the size of your head. Put the Kyber Crystal and in my, my chest! <laughs> <laughs> that classic Cthulhu line. I mean, Poe and Jamie line. But unfortunately, there's a big lizard creature behind the statue! Uh oh! Now, I gotta mention, there's just like a lot of like one off creatures in this story. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you notice, there's just a lot of like one off beasts. I mean, beasts. Lizard,
0: liz- lizard people, that's another Lovecraft thing.
1: We had a lizard, well, it's a big like, big like, Monitor lizard thing walking around, not like uh-huh. a lizard man, but
0: oh well. Yeah, okay,
1: we had this. We had the the Wandrella and the first half we had like the the Greenies and that thing that Luke ran across in the woods. Like, so
0: Ryan, if you're gonna write a Star Wars book, you gotta have creatures.
1: I'm just saying. I think it's I think it's really cool. Yeah, I just think like if they're going for a budget, they just like, like it just
0: seems like a weird concentration of apex predators as well. Yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like yeah. one planet, one biome couldn't have this many apex predators.
1: Yeah, so like. They weren't, they weren't able to put in a space dogfight, but a creatures. bunch of creatures, I guess, that are like bigger than the main characters. That's fine.
0: Like puppets, I guess. I guess they do
1: like stop motion, like the Tauntauns or something, right? Yeah. Anywho, it's described like this. The creature moving out from behind the statue had a wide, wide mouth, fringed with short, sharp teeth, now open in a back-trachian grin. Ooh. Pretty cool description. Small yellow eyes blink dumbly at them, moved on ponderous warty legs like thick tree stumps. It also mentions how it has this extremely long and powerful tongue that okay. knocks over a pillar as it comes Whoa. out of the shadows. And it doesn't get a name, so I'm just going to call it Licky Tongue. Okay, Licky Tongue. Okay. Licky! So Luke sends out the Yuzms to get the guns from the truck. Like, go get them. We don't have our guns! Go get them! Just get the Guns! But Licky Tongue doesn't get to do much, since Luke chops on a pillar and crushes it below.
0: Aww. It's all right. Licky!
1: Unfortunately, in the process, Luke gets pinned... Like, one of his legs gets pinned oh. with the, uh, with the lizard. So he's oh. to work himself free.
0: Blanco Nino. Meanwhile, uh,
1: Hala is kind of transfixed by the crystal. The Kyber crystal. And she kind of goes through it as if in a trance. Leia's cool with it though, since like, what's the lady gonna do? She's not gonna run <laughs> off with it. Like, yeah. R2's the one driving the truck. Like, right. Now where the heck are the yuzms? Asked Luke. As if on cue, a deep voice says, I am afraid your slow witted companions will no longer
2: be able to help you or anyone else, Skywalker. It's DV! Big DV has arrived and he
1: says he's killed the Yuzms.
0: <gasps> did he really, though?
1: Yes. He did. Spoiler, he did. Oh my god. And he made the droids turn themselves off. While they were off. drunk? Yes. Such an unfair advantage. He made the droids turn themselves <laughs> off, uh, so no one's available to help them now. Uh oh. And he says, You kids are nothing but a pain in my ass. I'm gonna finish you off for the last time. Out of my way, right? So does he. Leia spits at him and says, The Force give me leave to kill you before I die. Vader responds, Foolish infant, the Force is with me, not you. But, he shrugged am- amiably, we will see. He assumes the position of readiness.
2: Come, girl, woman, amuse me. Whoa!
1: So Leia, this part's nuts. Leia charges at him, picking up Luke's lightsaber on the way, and they fight with lightsabers.
0: Dude, lightsabers it's she? like no
1: it's a sick duel again this is before lightsabers were like a Jedi thing this is something that like anyone could learn how to do so like
0: she just learned it in like fencing classes yeah she has fencing moves she's
1: doing like parries dude, and riposte and stuff
0: dude like
1: Hala's not watching at all she's just like grabbing the crystal out of the chest of the statue as big as her head Hala Hala get a doll Hala yeah. get a crystal but then Vader gets a hit on Leia oh no cutting through her mining suit and burning her side like cutting like cutting into her yeah it cauterizes the wound but it's still like a, like a grievous wound. Yeah. Right? Though in pain, she tosses the lightsaber to Luke. It's a tag team, baby. Uh, by the way, the Luke is still. This book is still part of the like the extended universe. Yeah, like Legends continuity. So somehow, yeah, uh, not not the current canon, the Disney canon, but in EU continuity, extended universe, Leia fought Vader before Luke ever did. Wow. Luke never fought Vader in a New Hope. It was all Obi Wan.
0: That's true. Except, so in, Leia would except, have in, except in space, and Leia got was she was she got wounded first.
1: Yeah, the first. Is she gonna get deal. like a
0: biotic side.
1: I don't. I mean, you have to see what happens. Right. So anyway, in Legend Continuity, Leia got there first. Damn. Pretty cool, I think. Anyway, Luke is his lightsaber. They duel. His, his leg is free. He's kind of limping around. Uh, Luke taps into the stuff Obi-Wan taught him and holds his own. But Vader's got some tricks. Now, listen to this trick and imagine how it would look in a Star Wars movie.
0: I, it's a good I Vader imagine. trick,
1: okay? Swinging his saber until it was no more than a blur in the dank air of the temple, Vader leaps straight up into the air. It was more than a jump, less than levitation. Out of the circle of energy, he flung his saber. So he like throws his lightsaber like Whoa. a boomerang. It's like it,
0: kind of an anime move. I have to say he's up
1: in the air. I, he says he's swinging his lightsaber around. Imagine doing like a helicopter <laughs> move. <laughs> <laughs> like as he hovers like into the air with a
0: lasso? <laughs>
1: yeah. Anyway, it knocks Luke's saber out of his hand. So Luke, Vader's hovering in the air, but now so Vader, he's,
0: Vader's hovering. He just like lassoed.
1: He, he, he boomeranged the lightsaber out of Luke's hand, but yeah. now, but now it gets even more silly if it could be possible. Tell me what this reminds you of at the end, okay? Okay. As Vader drifted slowly back to the floor. He grabbed his right wrist with his left hand and made a. Th- and seemed to convulse like a man retching. A ball of pure white energy, the size of his fist, materialized in front of Vader's hands and moved down toward the right eyed Luke. His hands seemed to blur. The white glove struck them, bounced back, and contacted Vader gently as the ladder touched the ground. There was a soft crack, as if it was an explosion in the distance. Vader was knocked head over heels, and the glove vanished. But then the white energy ball had touched Luke's hands, the power inherent in the kinetite, or their straight energy globe. As they called it, call it a kinetite? Okay. Kin- kinetite? his kinetic energy or strained energy globe had thrown him to the ground he had he resisted it unsuccessfully would have thrown him across the chamber and through the temple wall not possible vader muttered starting to claw toward his own weapon the left side of his body arm was dented in a way as if by a giant's fist where the kinetite had struck such power
2: in a child not possible
0: Okay, so this Next is time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> so this, is this is definitely Raditz talking about Gohan. Yeah, uh, this is definitely when so, Son Goku's son Gohan is is five and he is kidnapped by his uncle Raditz, who is a Saiyan and who reveals to Goku his true origins. And then Raditz start, sticks him inside like a like a transport pod. Yeah. And then Gohan yeah. jumps out and goes, "Leave my daddy alone!" And his power level is like ninety. And Raditz is like, "This is not possible. Such power in a child."
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Also, I'm pretty sure they made a spear bomb or something. That was a really Mm -hmm.
1: good Gohan impression. I mean, every time we do it, I'm always impressed.
0: That's the only impression I can do. It's very
1: good. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, yeah, so Vader threw an energy ball at Luke and he deflected it back at Vader and they blew him backwards by an explosion. His
0: his scouter immediately exploded. exploded.
1: (laughs) Again, way before DBZ, but funny. DBZ copied this part. Honestly, they read, like, I think Toriyama read Splinter of the Mind's Eye. And he's like, this guy's on to something. Anyway, they both recover their lightsabers, and the DBZ fight is over, and they start dueling again. And in the process, Luke chops Vader's arm off. Like, from the shoulder. <laughs> like, Whoa! But Vader keeps on coming. Uh subscribe like this The Dark Lord of the Sith, master of the dark side of the forest, was invincible. It was over. I'm sorry, Leia. I loved you, Luke murmured, turning his head to where the princess lay crumpled to the temple floor. The saber soared above and behind Vader's head. The Dark Lord staggered drunkenly forward. He stumbled a, stumbled a couple steps to the left and disappeared. Go what Vader fell down a pit.
0: Oh, he fell down a
1: pit! Yes, fight over!
0: Wait, that's how it ends? Yes. It's Vaderfall
1: down the hole. Vaderfall down the hole. <laughs> Vaderfall down, down the hole. down the hole. hole go boom. <laughs> Luke is wiped. He collapses, barely hanging on to his consciousness. Hala scrambles over with the kyber crystal and shoves it into Luke's hand as he passes out. Then the crystal begins to radiate red light that envelops the entire temple. When it fades, Luke is awake. His injuries are healed. And Leia, too. All the scars on her from the lightsaber duel are gone. Why? And she's like, Luke's like, I think it just died. And Hala's like... Uh, you must have found it boring. Because it turns out, like remember in the legend of Pomojama, the crystal could give healing abilities to those who <gasps> were around the god.
0: And the crystal provided
1: healing to Luke and Leia. Yes. wiped. Luke still kind of senses the ping of the dark side down that pit, but he realizes he's not going to be coming back anytime soon. They can probably escape without him coming out of that pit.
0: Okay, yeah, fair yeah, enough.
1: One-armed Vader down a pit. You know, all that stuff. Luke gives Hollow the crystal back and asks her to come with them to join the rebels. She's like, who, me? A rebel? What good could I do? And Luke has another reference to Han here. I know another man, a smuggler and a pirate who once thought the same way as you.
0: And now he's out of the movies. (laughs) On the
1: second to last page of the book, that's Han reference number two. Leia points out that they're very late for a very important date. The Circa are waiting for them. Oh,
0: yeah, wait, I, I, totally whole, fra- to I totally forgot about that. Diplomatic mission to the about whole frame narrative. They return to the I mo- think, You know, <laughs> under circumstances, they could probably be forgiven. Yeah. For being a touch unpunctual.
1: They return to the monster truck and reactivate R2 and 3PO and have a good laugh because 3PO is all disoriented and has no idea what's going on.
0: <laughs> See, 3PO, you loser. You absolute <laughs> fool. You dumbass. The I end. I hate you. The end.
1: Here's the cover from the 70s that I thought was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it's super. Whoa.
1: Is that the version you have?
0: Yeah, that's the version I have. It's a cool cover. It looks like Gandalf the White being
1: up on the stone. (laughs) It looks like Gandalf the White being up on the stone?
0: With Iokan and Legolas and (laughs) Gimli looking up at him in fear
1: because they think it's Solomon. This is where his leg is pinned and Leia's about to go mano y mano with DV. Which is
0: still really dumb. And again, this is
1: before he had any idea that Vader was Luke's dad or even Leia's dad. He's just a big scary bad guy who's a Dark Lord of the Sith and... Can shoot a, a Kamehameha. Yeah, he shot a
0: Kamehameha. And
1: at, at uh, yeah,
0: which the is pores. a highlight for me, definitely. Yeah.
1: So that was Splinter of the Mind's Eye, the first extended universe book. So what did you think, Ryan? I think it would make a very entertaining movie. Yeah. I think I think they should still do it. I want to see Vader throwing his lightsaber like a boomerang and doing a doing a, a DBZ clash with Luke. Uh, but they would
0: definitely have to do deep fake for like Luke and Leia.
1: Of course, of course, the they whole could, thing would it, be deep. Do like make it a cartoon? It make... could be the
0: first all deep fake movie.
1: I want like Ralph Bakshi to make a movie of it. Oh,
0: he's in the seventies.
1: His mind's still there. He could do this. He'd make a sick movie of Splinter of the Mind's Eye. He totally would. Anyway, cool. uh, what do you think of Splinter of the Mind's Eye? I
0: really liked it. I yeah. liked it. I liked the, like, near constant Lovecraft references, as well as an unexpected DBC reference. And I thought it was neat.
1: It's really on the nose, but I enjoyed it. I and thought it was neat. it's better than the other books I've read for this podcast. Better than the entire Jedi Print series. I know that's crazy. Is
0: it better than Lou?
1: Uh, the Thrawn series.
0: Yeah,
1: Thrawn's actually pretty good, but I haven't read it since I was in middle school. Are you
0: ever gonna cover it?
1: I want to. Yeah, there it's a trilogy of books though, so I might just cover Thron as a guy. So okay. can, I've already kind of talked about the beats of the story with like the Mara Jade thing yeah. and like Luke Skywalker and all that. So I might just cover Thron as a guy, but I might reread the books see if they hold up. But I think it holds up pretty good, you know. Yeah, um, much better than Shadows of the Empire. Well,
0: I mean, the like, guy knows how to write. He so you knows how to write. Helpful.
1: You know, um. I think it's at least as good or better than the Galaxy of Fear books. And that's saying oh,
0: something. Oh, wow. And even though it didn't have swoop boards? didn't
1: have skim boards. Oh, skim boards. At all, but, it, you know. I mean, one of those is kind of Lovecraft. It was animator for kids. So, that's you know. true. That's anyway, true. that's my reading of Alanine Foster Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Thumbs up, Alan. Good job. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Um, Sorry you didn't get to make the movie. And sorry they kind of, like, stepped on your whole... Uh, your, your lore you made up about it was neat. being able to fly with the Force and Yuzums and shooting a, an energy ball. Um, but maybe next time.
0: Jimmying a lock with a lightsaber. Yeah, having to charge it in the car. Having to in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, female stormtroopers. like that edition. Yeah, that's that you know. Anywho, that's what I got.
0: Cool. Well, you know what it's time for now. Uh, can you remind
1: me? The hot, the hot, the hot, the hot, the hottest take. Oh, goodness gracious. The hottest takes. You didn't post the last one. I I was very busy. But you're right. I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. So we're going to do another double down this week. It's kind of the pattern now.
0: Uh, (laughs) Double
1: down. So again, last week, our two hot takes I believe were Harry Potter is better than Star Wars in every way. No, Harry Potter is better than
0: Lord of the Rings in any way. Lord of the Rings is good, except compared to Harry Potter, it's a piece of shit.
1: And, uh... I want to live in Star Wars as long as it's Japan.
0: Yeah, I have a hot take about this hot take. Oh, after you hear the hot no. take,
1: all right. Don't get too close to this.
0: Okay, so this is another Yahoo Answers. The question is, what is Lord of the Rings
1: about? It's a good question. It's about a lot of things. It's about the the duality of man.
0: I hear people talk about Lord of the Rings all the time, but what's it about? So so so. Here's the best answer. Gandalf is an army recruiter. He is siding with some displaced losers of one war or another. Some metal-flying monster took their land and all their goodies. He reminds a little insignificant farmer that he is protected from the outside world, that there are other people over his borders that have been doing a lot of fighting. He reminds the comfy little wuss that his grandfather lopped a few heads off. And, probably set up his estate with injury pay. He puts them on their way to do battle, but seems to disappear when the shooting starts. Of course they meet many an enemy and many a friend that will aid them on their quest to rid the land of the enemy. The ring of absolute power should not be used unless absolutely necessary. Many felt it was a metaphor for nuclear power and or the big weapon of mass destruction. It comes out of nowhere to solve problems. Make them disappear. Make it so.
1: Uh, that's like your standard, like pedantic internet guy, isn't it? Just being like all like, I'm just gonna put it out like straight. Like there's an evil guy, and there's you know,
0: I honestly metal can't man, a tell. A little farmer. Blah, 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 blah. If this guy is like in earnest, I think he's try, try, trying, trying to, make, to be
1: funny. I trying to,
0: but is he trying to be funny by like what making parallels to like Vietnam or something, or has he just like not read the book? Because like even. Being funny with these parallels, like, it's not accurate. It's not, it's not
1: funny, I mean. It's not like it, remotely, yeah. it's also
0: not funny. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's his first mistake, it's not funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's also
1: not accurate, you're right. It doesn't, it kind of, basically, he's trying to be funny, he's making Gandalf seem like a, like a real jerk. Gandalf
0: is an army recruiter.
1: Yeah, he's an army recruiter, you know, because.
0: So, Gandalf, so, so basically the hot take is, Gandalf is an army recruiter, and the ring is nuclear power.
1: That's dumb as heck. Now, did yeah. they, did they respond to this, did the question asker I mean, this is the best no, answer. No, they just, they just gave
0: him the best answer. They gave that
1: guy the best answer? Yeah, you know, here's,
0: here's another answer that didn't get best All answer, All right, let's hear,
1: the, let's hear the second best answer.
0: I am the only person that will be honest with you. Lord of the Rings is about a long walk to a volcano to throw away a ring.
1: Boring as hell. You're welcome! Cool guy. Cool
0: guy. Cool guy. Cool guy. Two
1: guys trying to be cool in different ways. And, and both failing at being, like, miserably. remotely funny. Those so... are hot and stupid takes. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, this is a thread from the Force.net forums, is my favorite place for hot Star Wars takes uh by a user called the phantom calamari yep and the title is darth is a first name not a title i have proof it's th- this exchange from a slightly earlier draft of attack of the clones obi-wan one more thing jango mentioned that he was recruited by someone named darth tyrannus any idea who that might be yoda with the forename darth a Sith he must be Forename is just another way of saying first name. It's a synonym, guys. Now, obviously, this never made it into the movie, but I think it's a pretty good evidence of Lucas' thinking on the matter. This is why Ben calls his former apprentice Darth in A New Hope. The original reason is because Darth was his first name, and that's still the reason. Like, now there's more of a mocking undertone to it. Whenever a person is inducted to the Sith cult, they discard their old name and adopt a new one. All Sith share the same first name. That's it's stupid! Just, it's just the way that things work. It's sort of like <laughs> how every member of the Ramones changed their last name to Ramon. Except with the Sith, there's a little less punk rock, a lot more mass murder. <laughs> Darth Vader is a Dark Lord of the Sith His title is Lord His first name is Darth That's why after christening him Sidious only refers to him formally as Lord Vader If Darth was a formal title as well You'd assume Sidious would just call him Darth Vader But he doesn't Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith Lord Vader, Lord Darth Vader any objections?
0: I mean, like I have a few. <laughs> That's really stupid. <laughs> I know. What kind of like dark mysterious order makes you change your names, your first name? Change your
1: first name, not your last name, but your first name. Think how confusing that be? You guys are like me having a cult meeting. And someone goes, "Hey, Darth." And everyone's was like, yeah? yeah I'll turn around huh? the same time. What? Me? No, no, other Darth. No, not you, Darth. No, Dar- no, Dar- that Darth. Darth with the with the beard. No, 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 other Darth. One with the.
0: It's like as soon as you got Jeff, into-
1: get over here.
0: It's like if every middle manager in the United States was forced to change his name to Gary.
1: I mean, I feel like they have. I,
0: mean, <laughs> I feel like that might be actually the
1: case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
0: think I we've all, all had a boss named Gary much at some named point. Gary, they all are pretty much every, Gary. Every
1: time you've worked in retail or food service, has been there's a Gary. Gary. There's been
0: a Gary. Tell me there hasn't been a Gary. You're lying.
1: You might be. I mean. If you don't know any Gary's, you might be the Gary. You might be the Gary. That's what they say.
0: Yeah. And anyway. <laughs> that is what they say.
1: So two hot takes. Uh so
0: one, Gandalf is an army recruiter and the ring is nuclear power, and that <clears throat> is very
1: funny. And the other, Darth is a first name, not a title. Any objections
0: so many objections <laughs> <laughs> alright so vote on your favorite it's going to be another double down so there will be two to vote on you can vote on them on our Facebook page just search What's Lightsabers Precious
1: mm-hmm. uh, you can go on our website What's Lightsabers precious.com you can find us on Apple Podcasts all that fun stuff thanks for listening everybody uh, we'll be back with another episode when we get to it see ya Bye. Bye.